Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was a sophomore when 9-11 happened, um, and that just changed the trajectory of my life. I was going to go to college and play baseball. Um, at least that was the hope. No D1 uh, situation, but I was hoping to get into a D2 D three college, play some baseball and, and get my, get my degree. But, um, yeah, when, when nine 11 happened, it, it, you know, like it, it called to me, it changed me from the insides. So I'd say that's how I ended up in the military. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today, Ryan Rogers from Choices Not Chances podcast. Is that right? They get all that right. Correct. Sweet. Two white guys with beards talk about things. Is the new name of the show, I guess. Uh, you were in the Marine Corps, so how did you manage to spell your name correctly on the Zoom? Just got really lucky. Mm-hmm. Really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's an old like theory about evolution where uh, if you give monkeys uh, a typewriter and an infinite amount of time, eventually they'll make Shakespeare. Right? Eventually. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I, I, well, we'll see. Right. Um, so the Marine Corps ball got can- canceled. Did you hear about that? I did not. Yeah. The commandant just sent out a fucking letter uh, this morning, I think canceling it. What do you think about that? I mean, that's, that's kind of weird. He said it was b- because of operational tempo and things. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear that. I think that's strange. Um, I'm sure there's going to still be people that have balls uh, across the nation, at least retired and VFW. I know I'm uh, heavily involved with the VFW, so we'll still have something for our people. But yeah, that's um, that's maybe concerning. But I mean, the geopolitical situation in the world is concerning. So um, I, I can't say it doesn't surprise me. I, you know, that's. Weird though. Yeah, it is weird. I don't know if there's precedent for that. When's the last time it got canceled? I don't. I don't know if I'm... I've never heard of it being canceled. You know, I think that the commandant just went into the hospital too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read something about. I think he had some heart issues or heart attack. Um, and I wouldn't think that that would play a play a play a role there, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, here's the letter. It's from uh, from General McPhillips, which is Mick Phillips, really? Do you need two Irish <laughs> names and one, you piece of shit? Anyways. Super Irish. Um, he, he says, I hope this letter finds you in good health and high spirits. Regretfully, with a strong sense of duty, I write to inform you of the decision that I had to make regarding the Marine Corps 248th ball scheduled for 16 November. Uh, due to unforeseen operational commitments in the nature of our current mission, it is with great regret that we must cancel this year's event. Our primary responsibility is Marines is to ensure the security and defense of our nation. It is uh, this commitment to duty that has necessitated the cancellation of what would undoubtedly have been an exceptional evening of camaraderie and tradition, which means drunken debauchery. You can church it up all you want, but it's a shit show. Um, Call it what you want to call it. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of this happening. It just makes me wonder if it's that that unit or you know maybe dc's ball or wherever that was supposed to be or if they're saying there will be no ball period 
yeah i don't know who knows man um pretty wild it is pretty wild so uh before we get too deep into this shit um tell me about your background where'd you come from and how did you get into the military yeah uh, i come from ohio a small uh farm town ohio you know 90 kids in my graduating class or so something like that and um you know i'm a lot like the guys of my generation i didn't you know, I wasn't raised talking about politics. Um, I had three brothers, uh, mom and dad, you know, nuclear family that remained all the way until I left Ohio to enlist. But I grew up hunting, trapping, um, playing sports, uh, baseball, football, wrestling. Um, and my brothers, you know, very much in the same in the same lane. I would say that I was re- raised by, uh, you know, two um, conservative parents. And I wouldn't say ultra conservative parents, but parents that leaned on the conservative uh, values. Uh, religion was in the home. And um, and I can't say that I had, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say that I had a, you know, bad childhood. I had a great childhood, even though, you know, probably in some of the younger days, it was really, really hard on my parents. Uh, they had four boys by the age of 23 um, and and, you know, struggled early on. But um my dad always found a way to make it happen. My mom always, you know, kind of took care of us. And um, and obviously my dad was around to take care of us too, you know, always at the games. If he wasn't coaching, he was still coaching, you know, from the sidelines kind of dad. And, uh, and that's where I come from. That's the people that I come from. Um, I was a sophomore when 9-11 happened. Um, and that just changed the trajectory of my life. I was going to go to college and play baseball. Um, at least that was the hope no d1 uh situation but i was hoping to get into a d2 d3 college play some baseball and and get my get my degree but um yeah when when 911 happened it it you know, like it it called to me it changed me from the in- insides so i'd say that's how i ended up in the military what what do you mean when you say it changed you like yeah, so you're you know a lot of people young men in that age uh, these days, especially, but it's always been the case, are kind of looking for a rite of passage, some way to, you know, uh, join adulthood, because we don't really have, we don't really have hard rites of passage anymore. We, we don't get thrown out to the ocean and forced to swim back or have to go out in the wild and kill something or even the, you know, the Jews still have bar mitzvahs, right? So there's actual, mm-hmm. there, there's some kind of cultural celebration of a rite of passage there, but for Western culture, generally speaking, it just doesn't exist anymore. So but you but you had you know good parents you had some kind of goal whether it was just a you know you, you had a purpose right like you were going to use whatever skills you had to try to get an education and blah 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 what changed with 911 like what it, how did that what what was it like for you i guess man i still get um you know cold chills and and borderline emotional thinking about it even this this long after that's how profound of an effect it had on me but um I just, you know, I, I was sitting in uh, in school and they wheeled like a box TV, you know, in on a cart or a cart TV and threw it on. And, you know, at first you're, you're 16 years old. You got to try to figure out, make sense of whatever you, it is you're even seeing. And it's like a bunch of my countrymen are dead. And I didn't even know, <clears throat> probably didn't even know what that meant at the time. But it was just that I took it extremely personal. Um you know, to attack the United States of America after we figured out it was an attack, you know, and, uh, 
I don't know, it, it turned something inside of me, you know, to see citizens of my country jumping out of a building because it was so hot on the inside, you know, and uh, it just turned me. It turned something inside of me and I wanted uh, retribution. I wanted vengeance for that. I wanted, <clears throat> I, I guess it would have just turned something in me that said that's not okay. And, um, you know, if not me, then who goes? Because I'm, I'm the next group coming around to be of age to go fight that war. So if you don't, like who goes? Who, um, who goes? So I wanted to go, you know, I'm, you don't need a draft. We have, we have the best national treasures in our young men and women that come up and fight voluntarily uh, for this country. And I, I think once uh, I decided the route that I was going to take, um, it just became very easy for me. It's like, I got to do this to get there and I have to get there to get what it is that I want. And so that's what I set my sights on. Do you feel like you got revenge or retribution or even justice? I don't know if that was even possible. Um, and I don't know that it would make me feel better if I could say yes. Uh, I got to kill I got to kill people that were the enemies of my country. And uh, you know, and I enjoyed that. Um, it gave me a sense of of um duty let's say that i fulfilled the duty that i wanted to fulfill you know all those years um before and i also you know it it, it also changed for me once i got in my entire enlistment was not about or you know career was not about 9-11 9-11 was the catalyst to send me into that into that space and then you know once i got in and you get your brothers you don't know who they're going to be but they're going to be there and uh and then once you get there and you you experience that. I think that, you know, for the good part of the beginning of my career, I kept missing it. I get close pop shots, IEDs on this deployment, you know, in, in a deployment I thought was going to be, you know, fully kinetic. And I just kept chasing it, right? Just kept missing it. And I started to get, you know, kind of bummed out about that. Like I'm going to, I spent all this time trying to get there to, you know, to make an impact the way I wanted to make an impact. And I keep missing it. Um, you know, I finally caught it. Uh, and, and like I said, I don't know if it makes it better or not. I don't, I don't know if there's retribution or, um, now I got to do those things. I don't, I don't think that I see nine 11 any different. And then the older I get in the state of the country, um, then it makes you wonder, you know, I know what I did and I know what my guys did there. And I know what we did for the people of those countries to liberate and show some sort of spark inside uh, some spark of freedom that maybe one day they can fight for, but more is a racket, man. It's always been a racket and it'll continue to be a racket. So that I think the older you get, you start to see some of the things you did in your childhood or in your young adulthood. And you start to, you know, just wonder, I find myself wondering about certain things sometimes. What, uh, did you spend time in Afghanistan? I did. Yeah. And how was that? I mean, is that where you finally got to uh, peel some wigs back, or w w where was it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I was a squad leader with 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines, and Kilo Company, and I did um, the invasion uh, of Marja for Mashtarak in 2010. And um, we were Kilo Company, and they sit us down in the middle of the city of Marja, northern Marja. And then um, 
two battalions pressed from the outsides of the city, three battalions worth of people, a couple Kandaks, A and A, um, and they pushed them to us, and and we got it on for for about seven straight months. I mean, there was pockets where they would calm down, but um, yeah, it was wild. We got a lot of it was kinetic the whole way. So, um. Yeah, I think the there's a huge difference between Iraq and Afghanistan. Like we when when I was in Iraq, we fight we fought Jaysh al-Mahdi mostly, the, the Mahdi army, right? Which is not mm. who our original enemy in that country was. Our original enemy was the Ba'ath Party. Saddam was saying to the Sunni Muslims mm. that were the minority. There's like 16% of the country that controlled that country for several decades. Um but they got wiped out pretty quick, right? And then there was a lull period, I guess. Um and then Jaysh al-Mahdi kind of kicked up. Muqtada al-Sadr and those assholes started to, you know, <clears throat> get more and more confident about, I guess, exacting revenge on the, the Sunni who had been fucking them up for so many years. But it, yes. it, we, that's, that, that was our primary enemy at the time. We very rarely mm-hmm. ran into uh, any kind of Sunni. As a matter of fact, we stood up these battalions called the Sons of Iraq to mm-hmm. fight back against the Shia, Sons of Iraq, who eventually became ISIS. So that may have been a mistake. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that was like, I, I feel like, what was that? Oh. Don't press things. Uh, I feel like we uh, we never really fought a real enemy over there. It was more like we were police. You know what I mean? Like we were we were fighting yeah. Jay Shalmati, who were victimizing the Sunni community. We were fighting back against them, and they would attack us too because we were there. But it was almost mm-hmm. like, it was almost like being police in Afghanistan. You're talking about the Taliban, right? Who prey on pretty much everybody, right? That's a true authoritarian regime. They prey mm-hmm. on everybody. They don't. They don't. I don't think the Taliban even has a goal. They just want to be in power and fuck people up. So you actually got to fight some real shitheads, and and the people in Afghanistan will stand and fight too. In Iraq, they just take a couple shots and run away like bitches. Um, mm-hmm. Although we did, mm-hmm. you know, we fucked a bunch of people up. But um, how was it in Afghanistan? from your perspective yeah so my uh, you know my iraq deployment was much the same as what you're talking about some pop shots some ieds um now i wasn't there and in, in, you know the the main you know awakening the marines did some crazy things and on bar province steel fist and iron curtain these different operations where they just went through and leveled towns uh because that's what it took but i didn't have that experience but in marja i mean when we stepped off the bird I mean, I ended up writing a book about it called uh, called Lions of Marja. And I talk all about uh, that deployment from stepping off of the bird to, you know, getting back on it. Um, it was wild. Uh, my entire career up to that point, everything had been a dry hole. Every raid, every hit, every deployment, you know, had been slow and way um, better than what it was projected to us by intelligence and such. Um, Marja wasn't that. Uh, was under projected as far as uh, enemy strength um and it was just wild i mean getting off the getting off the bird there was technical vehicles fi- firing up at other birds uh, that were dropping a and a off and you know um it, it was it was wide open the whole way i was able to utilize you know every weapon system organic to an infantry squad um able to call in polar grid and shift fire missions with 82s and 60s high mar rockets i mean we just it was it was an entire careers where the combat packed into seven months seven and a half months i mean and including the loss i got to experience the best and the worst side of humanity 
uh, in seven months and you know, put people on the ground that, that were my friends and, you know, and put people on the ground that were, you know, my enemy. And, um, I always just stress that a lot of human psychology hit me on, on that last deployment because, because of how many different instances there were and how many different situations, dire situations, young men were put in and you just see it, you, you get to learn it as you go and watch how, you know, how, how differently one man can take combat uh, from another man mm. um, or, or then another man, you know, and um, that was wild, a wild deployment. And then uh, in August of 2021, it all kind of felt, I mean, we, we, I, I kind of feel like most of us knew this shit was going to happen. Right. Like there, I, I don't know. Felt like it. I don't know any gunfighter that thought that, Afghanistan was going to stand up after we fucking left, to be honest. I mean, I've heard it from officers, but they don't know shit. So, yeah. uh, so we get to watch it play out on the news. We're doing rescue operations. We abandoned Bagram. We see fucking people once again, falling off of fucking planes, you know, <laughs> like, like we saw them fall off of helicopters in Vietnam. Uh, that must've like, I was never in Afghanistan, but it pissed me off. I can only imagine how angry people who actually chewed that dirt felt. Yeah, I mean, that was tough. Um, and, and like you said, I seen it coming. I seen it coming from way out. You know, I'm, I'm no Intel analyst, <laughs> but I've, I've done my fair share of, of research and, and, uh, you could just tell, you could tell it was going bad. And then when you ban in Bagram and you go to H Kaya, you, you have no standoff like you, like you would have at Bagram. And so I kind of cussed that I'm sitting here in my studio, you know, glued to the TV because I have friends there still. Uh, I have interpreters that that worked alongside me and, and 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 saved me in several occasions in that one deployment, and my phone lights up, and it's uh, Michael Grimes, who is a team leader for for my squad underneath me, and he says, "Hey man, Cameron's stuck in uh, H Kaya, and he needs help." Cameron being our our interpreter, mm. and that just set off a whole whirlwind for me to try to get him out of there, and. Um, you know everything from getting on fox news and trying to work them so that i could get on on with them to working you know ngos and third-party channels on the back trying to help me out um anyway 365 days later 368 days later i get him we a bunch of people came together and he got out and got to the netherlands where he's now resettled um safe and and i believe i believe just had a baby um born which is which is amazing but all of those stories don't end like that mm. a lot of those stories didn't end like that um and and for me what i've stressed is you know i've stressed two things about that situation regardless of who made what call and and what president initiated what two things to me that are just no go one you don't fight the fucking taliban for 20 years and then partner with them for your security by your marines by your soldiers by your airmen that's stupid that's that's not that's just stupid and um and the second thing i would say is how big of a tactical error is it to promise a bunch of people a way out if they help you and then they help you and you abandon them and you leave them to their own devices. And the reason it's tactically stupid is because when we get into this next scuffle that is on the horizon that we're looking at, how many people are going to line up to be interpreters and linguists for the United States after watching that play out on, on you know, national television, international television? Mm -hmm. It's probably not a lot. 
that just want to run, run and bang the door down and say, oh, let me work for you. And so for me, it was just like, I was just sad. It's sad. You give your, my entire adult life was to fight in those countries. And then you just watch everything that you sacrifice for and the things that your guys sacrificed for. And, and over some, some ridiculous reasons, those things come to an end. And then, and then, you know, a lot of guys in my generation, they find themselves wondering, did we do anything or what did we even do? I've heard them say, and it's like, you know, you did something, you know, regardless of if it's their military age males holding on to the outsides of that plane because that's who it was mm -hmm. their military age males who left their babies and left their women behind sea wire and ran to take over that airport to try to get out now that's a problem they have to fucking fix mm -hmm. we 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 were there being their big brother and their backbone for 20 something years if you can't fix that then maybe you don't deserve to be in power Maybe you deserve what you got coming to you. Or, or deserve to exist, right? I mean, that's one of the things. That yeah, we, right on. When we talk about culture, uh, you know, it, it's it's not always a one-for-one, one, right? It's hard. It's it's like comparing athletes from two different eras. Like, people talk mm -hmm. about the, the 90s Bulls versus the, like, 2010 Warriors or something. It's like, you're not going to fucking compare those. They played different styles of game. And it is mm -hmm. there's some degree of truth to say that, the time period that you're born in or the country that you're born in will dictate your moral compass quite a bit. But the, mm -hmm. si the sign of a fucking a good culture throughout all of human history, you can tell everything you need to know about a country or a culture by how they treat the people that can't take care of themselves, right? The crippled, the elderly, babies, women, whatever the fuck, right? Because mm. the biological purpose of masculinity is to provide and protect. And if you haven't figured that out as a culture yet, and you're still like systematically victimizing people that are less physically strong than you, and that's that's kind of just what the culture is, then your culture doesn't deserve to exist, in my opinion, right? This episode is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros. Ghostbed. It's the best bed in the world, it's the most comfortable. Sheets, pillows, the whole thing. I've got them all, man. And, you know, they wanted to extend their best possible offer to drinking bros. They've been with us for a very long time. So, this is the email they sent us. We want Drink It Bros to get the best offer, so I updated the code for 50% site-wide. That's 50% site-wide. Use the code Drinkin' Bros. Drinkin' Bros with no G. For 50% off site-wide, everything that you buy on this site is going to be 50% off. Again, they get the best pillows, sheets, mattresses. They get the mattress protector. Uh, if you're if you're sloppy and spill things and you don't want to jack up your mattress, they have pretty much everything you need. They've got weighted blankets now. They've got the adjustable base, which we really like. I've got one in my home. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros. Use the code drink it bros for 50% off site wide. And don't forget about their page go plan. If you're with approved credit, you're going to be able to pay this thing off over the course of three to five years for 25 to 35 bucks a month. It's nothing. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros today and use the code drinker bros for 50% off. This episode is also brought to you by blackriflecoffee.com. The best coffee in the world. As a matter of fact, they won both the gold and bronze medal at the Golden Bean Awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category. So the best coffee on earth literally was Circus Bear by Black Rifle, one of their ECS. So I recommend that you go sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. 
And, uh, you know, you get all the benefits from being in the coffee club. You get the free shipping. You get access to all the partner deals. Uh, uh, you get access to the exclusive coffee club. You get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does. You know, it's a very large club that they have over there. And the coffees are premium. Every single one of them is good. Uh, you, you're going to get experience for you. You can do just the plain coffee club. And if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silencer smooth or whatever it is you drink, you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather you can use the ECS, the exclusive coffee club and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like. You know what I mean? So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and they're buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. This episode is brought to you by firstform.com forward slash citizen. Free shipping on all orders over $75 when you use the link. And you're not going to spend less than 75 bucks. I mean, they get the best products in the world, especially the OptiGreens. You know me, I don't eat vegetables um, because they're fucking pointless. So I supplement with OptiGreens 50 from First Form. It is precisely formulated green superfood powder meant for overall immune system support and digestive health. It's really good, aside from just getting the daily greens into your body that you need, and make sure, by the way, you're taking this with MCT because you have to take anything like this with MCT. 80% of your immune system is located in your gut and your digestive tract, right? So healthy digestion is essential for overall health and wellness, not to mention that most of your serotonin, I think 96% of your serotonin or 94% is made in your gut as well. So you're going to be in a better mood. You're going to feel better physically, and you're going to feel better mentally if you are taking these greens. OptiGreen 50 has 50 chosen ingredients, uh, effectively dosed. It's not necessarily how many ingredients there are, though, but it's, a, it's about the right amount of each. Taste and texture are not like no other product in the market. It's not gritty. It doesn't have a weird flavor. It's got sweet berry flavors, actually. 100% uh, of the greens are all grown and manufactured inside the United States, and they are bioavailable. Now, they've got other products as well. They've got the microfactor which you see behind me on every show, uh, and I take them every day. You know, you got essential fatty acids, CoQ10. You got all the stuff you need in one little packet for your daily vitamin pack. And you mix that. You, you make yourself uh, uh, OptiGreens 50 shake, and you, and you take those pills with it, and you're going to improve your life precipitously. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better, so on and so forth. So go to firstform.com. That's 1-S-T-P-H-O-R-M dot com forward slash citizen use the code you're gonna get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks i just mm. like that that doesn't you, you're you're free to do whatever you want but i don't think we should help people like that to be honest i really don't um. because it's like evolution is coming for them evolution is coming for those people it's if you don't take care of the people that that uh <clears throat> you know provide you with life like women for example then your culture will not persist. It'll go away eventually. Mm -hmm. And it's happened many, many times over the years. Um, so, yeah, that's not – maybe it's just hubris on America's part. Maybe we just think we can fix people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to let the car crash, I think. I'm in agreement with that. And, and like um... – yeah, I don't, I don't have much to add. It, it, it's to me that's sad. It's sad when you're you're going to abandon everything and and run for your life. 
Um, but what I would tell guys is like, we did put a spark, you know, if you, if you take no, you know, and no other, um, thing away from your service, like you provided a spark of what freedom is like for a generation of, of young Afghani and Iraqi kids. And that's enough. If they can't take that and grow that into a flame and they can't grow that into a resistance. then like you said, uh, maybe you, maybe it's not your turn. Maybe it's your mm. turn to lay down and be done. Um, you know, so that was a big difference for me. And I, and I would also argue that, you know, for the war, warrior, um, and the warriors listening to this, you know, a lot of my issues did never, didn't come from killing people. Oh yeah. Didn't come, didn't from, come from killing people. It came from seeing the cultural polarities, this complete different culture who value completely different than what the West values and what, you know, arguably we would have grown up valuing. Um, their their lack of value on human life, on children, on disabled, um, is enough to is enough to give a regular person nightmares, man. And um, and that's the things that struck me about war. I think I was prepared for the rest of it, um, but I was not prepared for some of the cultural um, differences that I witnessed on the other side of the world. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know I I don't. It wasn't that long ago that, um, you know, the West was doing fucked up shit to owning other human beings and f fucking raping them and slaughtering them. Um, you know, <clears throat> especially especially slaves. I mean, you know, it's it was pretty routine to rape slaves back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. And that was something that was pretty pervasive. Um, so nobody's if you go back far enough, nobody is innocent. You know what I mean? No, no, no culture is innocent, but you have to grow as a culture. So I, I try not to be too judgmental of people that are in their growth stages. Like we have the, we have the benefit of having graduated from that. And now we're, you know, looking down, uh, at, at other people who have not yet. So it is easy to be like, well, those people are fucking savages. Like, yeah, we were too, not too long ago. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that they're fucking savages still. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't like. Uh, I, I've been having a lot of these debates lately about the way that Israel is prosecuting their war against Palestine, and they're they're free to do whatever the fuck they want. I don't, I don't really, I don't think America should be involved. They're certainly not sending them any goddamn money, but, um, you know, <clears throat> or, or putting boots on the ground or anything. But, you know, they're getting attacked by assholes. So do what you got to do, I guess. But doing like bombing campaigns when you have 200,000 foot soldiers to me, that's kind of a bitch move, frankly. Like I don't, I don't buy that shit. Cause I've been in, I've been in raids. I've been on hundreds of raids. I've been on fucking hundreds of patrols. We, when I say we, I mean the U S military infantry dudes, we on a very regular basis put ourselves at risk. So we don't put the enemy's women and children at risk. We do that every mm -hmm. fucking day. And if you're not on that tip, like to, it's certainly not as bad as what what the Arab world is com, com, uh, comfortable doing, right? Like cutting mm -hmm. people's heads off and fucking up babies intentionally and shit like that. Uh, so there's degrees to this shit, but I don't agree with that either. Like I would much rather put my own life at risk than just drop a fucking bomb on something and hope that no kids die. I'm I'm not yeah. in any way comfortable with that shit. So I don't I don't like kids dying. I don't like innocent. Uh, I don't like collateral damage 
But one thing I can I can assure everybody is that when you go to war, when two places go to war and bring their wills upon each other, that will absolutely happen every single time. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as what I would be comfortable with, I mean, look at our um, look at our shock and awe campaign when we went into Iraq. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of love lost then mm. for citizens. We let them know what was happening, and it's like you can get out or you cannot get out. And that's completely up to you. And the problem is, is it completely up to them? In this situation, it seems not. It seems like they're being redirected and fired at if they don't listen to go back to their homes. And this is another thing I would say. As many people as want to get on Israel's case about all of the bombing. And look, I'm, I'm not I don't want innocent lives lost either. But when you're building your headquarters underneath hospitals, it makes it very hard to not have civilian casualties if you're israel when you have tunnel systems underneath mosques and refugee camps and things of this nature and you're using these people mm -hmm. like it's not like it's an accident you're going to those sites and launching rockets so that the israeli you know defense launches rockets back and now we have israel's killing thousands of our people or hundreds of our people and i'll just say with as much misinformation and disinformation that is floating around the ether and with CGI and all the things that are out there, it's very hard to understand anything, whether it's real or whether it's not real. Mm. I mean, people were believing in the ghost of Kiev last year, flying over and shooting all the Russian jets down. They believed this stuff because it got out there, it got on TikTok, it got on these popular platforms and these, you know, shared and millions of people see it and they believe this. And it was that's not the case. It was fake. It was disinformation to scare Russian pilots. You know what I mean? Same thing with with, uh, you know, the the crew of of Ukrainians that told the Russian boat to fuck off just before they died. None of this is true. Mm. This is all propaganda. And 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 it's propaganda machines are, are amazing. Uh, the United States has perfected it over a number of years. We could change countries and we've changed countries using just propaganda. And so I don't know what's real and what's not real. Yeah. I could believe that they're firing rockets from a hospital. I, I would believe that after, you know, some of the things that I have seen from their own admission, from their own helmet cams while they were doing the atrocities they were doing. You think that that could happen? Yeah, I do. Do I want to support a bunch of my tax dollars doing it? Not really. I mean, it's like my tax dollars shooting at my tax dollars. Mm. I don't like that at all. I definitely don't want people to die at all, but I mean... If you're saying from the river to the sea and you're talking about exterminating Jewish people, I think the Jewish people should un unleash the hand of God on you. Yeah. And if you want out of it, get out of it because yeah, it's only yeah. going to get worse. I, I agree with that 100 percent. I think every fucking member of Hamas or Hezbollah or anybody that supports them should be fucking slaughtered. Frankly, I don't give a fuck about those people. They're cancer and you don't negotiate with cancer. Can't. Um, my, my issue mm -hmm. is so yesterday or sometime t 30, let's say it's 36 hours ago. Um, Israel got intel that there was a Hamas commander in the largest refugee refugee camp in Gaza, and they dropped fucking bombs on it and killed a bunch of people that had nothing to do with anything. Uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but it was a bunch of women and kids there, and Israel admitted it. Uh, so this isn't one of those, you know, I guess, myths or disinformation. I mean, that's thing. hard. But it's like, for me, if I hear about, like, we have tier one operators. Israel's got tier one and tier two operators as well. What the fuck are we doing here? Like, it, it, mm -hmm. you, you really let this thing fester to the degree, 
because you know, they control all the shipping in and out of Palestine. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like this is a fucking open country or something. They control all this stuff. I, I just I, I very and and they also fund it, right? In, in addition to the United States, between the, everybody's like Hamas um, trained in Iran. Yes, yep, they sure did. Now, how did they afford the tickets to get there? You know what I mean? It was American taxpayers gave them that money via Qatar, like we have been since the early part of the two thousands. So. You know, th this, I don't know, man, I would Those rather are the things when you get older, you start to see, and it makes you wonder. Yeah. That's where my wonder comes from. Yeah. You know? It's like, I, I look, I, I think Israel's got a right to exist and defend itself. However, it sees fit. This isn't judgment for me, but I don't want to, I'm not going to be critical of one side without being critical of the other. It is, it's not a moral equivalence because one side cuts people's heads off and goes into nursing homes and fucking shoots old ladies. Right. That side is clearly worse. I don't think there's any question about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, culture wise, if I was going to move to a place in the Middle East, it would probably be Israel before some other places. Right. I mean, their culture yeah. is quite a bit better. Obviously, they're, they well, don't they're Western people. like us. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I think it's a mistake for people because it's, quote unquote, your side to excuse bad shit without fucking calling people to question. You know what I mean? Like, get, I agree. You, you got to fucking do the right thing. Especially if, if, if your principles don't stand up when shit gets hard, then you don't have principles. You were full of shit the whole time. You yeah. know what I mean? And it bothers yeah. me because I want, I want Israel to be fine. I want them to win this shit. But that, this is not how you win this particular fight. You may kill everybody in fucking Gaza, and now you've made two billion enemies globally, right, yeah. forever. Yeah. Not like, and, and you can make the case that, you know, Muslims are always going to hate Jews no matter what. And maybe I mean, they always right. have for a couple thousand years. Yeah, may, may, maybe it's right, but um, I don't know. Bahrain gets along with the Jews. Qatar gets along with the Jews. Even Saudi Arabia is getting pretty close to signing these Abraham Accords. So, mm -hmm. I, like, I, I think the prosecution of the war, Israel should be a little bit more careful about this stuff because they're they're. I understand you want revenge. I understand you want, and they're still firing rockets. Hamas is still firing rockets at Israel. Nobody I see that's the other thing. I haven't that makes seen that in the press me. at all. I haven't seen anything, any yeah. mention of that in the press. Uh, Hamas is still firing rockets over there. It's like, I get it, man, for sure. Do what you got to do to defend yourself, but you should also understand that anytime you give them the opportunity to, they're gonna fucking try to activate the rest of the Arab world against yep. you, and that you're gonna lose that fight. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that's the genius in Hamas's tactics of firing from populated, populated cities mm. and populated areas and urban centers and refugee camps. That's where I would hide, too, if I was trying to to run Hamas. Yeah, but they did that oh. to us, too. Like, if you were in your cop, your combat outpost somewhere, um, mm. they would fire mortars from behind a fucking apartment building, right? Sure. All the time. Or from the, from the uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, uh the inside of the walls of a mosque or something like that, right? In their little courtyard. Like the courtyard, yeah. yeah, yeah. They would fire from that all the time. We didn't just fucking drop a JDAM on it. We sent p human beings there who can discriminate between targets and not targets. We sent human beings there to fuck people up, right? Not just to fucking drop mm -hmm. a bomb on it. I don't. I feel like everybody talks about how great the fucking IDF is. Well, show me. Show me how great you are. Yeah. Because having bombs doesn't make you a great army. No. Anyways, it helps uh, with confidence, but you yeah. guys still go in there well, and look, be good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love I love the sound of a fucking A10 coming overhead when I'm in, <laughs> in a tick for sure. But um, 
at any rate, yeah, it seems it's it is all about money, you know, at the end of the day. That's a yeah. that's a hard realization for a lot of us as we get older, having spent, you know, most of our twenties in uh in combat. It's hard to, you know, well, I, I think it's, uh, as you get older, it's also a little bit easier to say, you know, we weren't fighting for politics. We were just, we, we were there, we were fighting for each other. That's fine. I think a lot of people can, can stomach that, but. I'm, comp- I'm completely settled by that. Yeah. I, I was afforded the right to go fight in, in the, in life's ultimate arena and be able to prove myself to myself if nothing else and to my men uh if you needed something greater and like to be able to do that there's not many people that are able to do that i mean it comes around every generation or so you got people that are able to do that and even even special forces i have this i make this comment a lot because i hear a lot of people think that all of the infantry in the marine corps went and fought a war or went and fought in these big battles and all of special forces did this and most of special forces probably did but it's not like that it's like a couple thousand people over the last 20 years went and did real work um and and it's not to degrade anybody else's it's just you know it's not like millions of dudes out there that went over and gun fought with the enemy um even as long as we were there so i think i think i hear a lot of people think that a lot uh, there was a much larger presence of people that fought the actual enemy and uh, it's just not. Yeah. No. And it's, you know, I, I think a lot of people have learned to compartmentalize over the years and be like, well, we were just there fighting for each other. But then it goes to the, for me, it goes to the next stage. Just as an American, we spent eight to $10 trillion on this shit trillion mm-hmm. with a T um, mm-hmm. and you know, the lives lost in the aggregate, you know, I, it, for, from one perspective, you know, the compartmentalized side is like, all right, well, we were fighting for each other. But then if you look back on it in, in its totality, it becomes really proud, like not, not, not as a veteran of, uh, of the infantry, but just as a fucking American. It's like, what the fuck, man? Mm-hmm. You know, like we can't keep letting this fucking happen. Um, and I, you know, it, unfortunately, the people who are most equipped to speak on this issue and, and talk about how fucking stupid it all was. We've been fucked up mentally trying to work our way back to become normal again. You know what I mean? Mm. For the last uh, 10 or 15 years, however long you've been out. Um, and <clears throat> you know, it's just now that it's just now that people like us are starting, not just now, but cause I've been doing it for years, but for a lot of people it's, it's recently, especially with the Afghan withdrawal, it's like we don't want our kids involved in this shit anymore. You know what I mean? And there's a massive rec- what they call a recruit. I don't think there's a recruiting crisis at all. I think there's a crisis of leadership. You know what I mean? Trust. Like nobody trusts. Yeah, nobody trusts your fucking bullshit anymore. It, it's mm-hmm. it ain't easy to sign your life away and go overseas and fucking fight. It's not easy to come back and have to live a normal life. It's not easy to be there and have your life going on without you there. You know what I mean? All this mm-hmm. stuff fucking sucks. So. It's got to, it has to be for something and the, and the individual warrior needs to know that it's for something. It used to be pretty simple right now. It's not quite so simple. I'm not sure how we're going to prosecute the next war that we have, whatever it happens to be, because who the fuck is joining the military at this point? Well, most, the Marines are making their mission. So we still have that 
Um, but yeah, it's it's rough. Recruiting's rough, and it's like I can't really uh, blame them because you gotta you gotta believe in it. You, you're not like you said. You're not gonna sign your name and do this hard stuff and something that for something you don't believe in. And so, yeah, um, I'm just hoping. I'm praying that the next war isn't bigger than what uh, we're trying to bite off right now. They're trying to bite off a pretty good sized chunk if they don't. St- stop messing around i'm just talking about allies not not even just america but the entire uh alliance um then the then the kids of america will find out uh, we'll find out how soft we've gotten yeah yeah well i mean it's even in the marine corps there uh so kids recruits uh, on their way to uh, boot camp are getting fucking like B vitamin and calcium shots now because their bones are fucking bullshit. It's like, damn, man. Um, I hope you don't have to lift anything heavy anytime soon. That might be a problem. Yeah. Age of technology. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're good at drone striking people, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, the video games are paying off, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. But that to me is like, I don't know, man. I understand that war changes and shit. And we, it's not like we're fighting like Vikings did with melee weapons. Um, but this all seems really pussy to me. This, this like, well, we don't, the, the point of war being a hard thing and it being a massive sacrifice, that is the gatekeeper, right? That's the guardrail to make sure when we do go to war, it's actually worth it. If we can go to war and not actually risk any human lives like that, not none of our own, then we're going to become more and more frivolous about how what wars we decide to participate in. You know what I mean? And that's a fucking really, really bad thing. I 100% agree. And what's the point of war if we don't feel it anymore? You know, you get to the point where everybody comes back and they're perfectly fine after slaughtering a, you know, a, <laughs> a nation of mm-hmm. people in a war and nobody has issues with it, then you're right. We've lost already. There is no point. Especially against an enemy who's like, they don't care about their own lives in a lot of ways. Certainly the leaders don't care about the lives of the people. And for a lot of these fighters, you know, they've convinced them that their life isn't necessarily what matters. It's the the religion or the country or whatever the fuck, whatever eternal Mm -hmm. reward they might receive. Like, if you're fighting an enemy that doesn't care if they live or die, you can't, there's no attrition. You can't bomb them enough. You, there's mm-hmm. no bombing that'll ever fucking fix that problem, right? And, uh, you know, that's why I really feel like I'm I'm not uh, – I think Trump's kind of a knucklehead sometimes. But what I do know I is that everybody I fucking hate is trying to keep him from being president. So I'm like, I'm voting for him. I don't give a shit what he does or what he Gotta says. Got to be a reason, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's well, like, we look but, like a banana republic right now because we have our political our, – our, 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 our esteemed premier uh, law enforcement agencies trying to run off the leader in a, in a presidential election in the primary season. And it's like, this isn't what we do. What are we doing? Um, And I'll be honest with you. I think he's a knucklehead too. I think that as much as I want people, you know, to express their freedom of speech and, and and as much as I think a little bit of it was maybe even a little evil genius to mm. control headlines while you're doing stuff over here that you don't want people talking about, hey, you gotta you gotta you gotta find the balance or normal conservative regular people aren't gonna like you either. If you come out as an egotistical maniac that's yeah. the best at everything, and it may be true, you like you might have been speaking some truth. 
regular prudent people don't want to hear that. They take yeah. they, they're going to take that as egomaniac, cocky, arrogant, and that doesn't look presidential. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the other side of me is like he could say one thing. You're tweeting about it and running it on prime time for eleven days while he's killing General Salamale, and you yeah. knew nothing about it, uh, and you couldn't leak anything about it to mm-hmm. mess that up for him, right? And so. Half of that's probably evil genius and and good, uh, you know, misinformation and, and and such. And the other half of that's that he's an egomaniac. Um, what I do know is if you take all the personal stuff out of it, you remove all of the uh, um, all the bullshit, let's say, and you strictly look at policy actions. It's the best president of my lifetime that I voted for. Yeah, I, I, when I look at his policies and what he did for the American people, it's very hard for me to go, no, we can't have that. It's like, yes, that's everything I want. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it hard for me to, it's like hard for me to like him because I feel like every day I had to go out and defend him. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, well, he didn't really mean that. Or, ah, yeah, he's a fucking idiot, but look at the policies. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it tough. Yeah, it does. I mean, <clears throat> but he's definitely, uh, so I, it president's not a nice guy competition. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I would like somebody that maybe doesn't distract from issues enough, you know what I mean? To, to, mm. to get them off base like that. But, um, yeah, it's not a nice guy contest. Uh, George W. Bush was a nice guy. He's a fucking mongoloid. He's an idiot. He, he Agreed. butt fucked this country uh uh so hard worse than any president in history probably to be honest just the the patriot act and two fucking wars that went on for 20 years for no fucking reason letting 9-11 happen in the first place when we had clear indications from the intelligence community that shit was coming uh but he was a nice guy jimmy carter's a nice guy he's probably the worst president we've ever had in this country since uh fuck i can't remember his name whoever the guy was before lincoln was pretty rough too i mean that's He's he's primarily responsible for why the Civil War happened in the first place, but in the 20th century, Jimmy Carter is by far cycle. the worst. By terrible far the cycle. Worst. But he's a nice guy, right? So I don't really give a yeah. shit if he's nice or not. I, I know the trope is uh, I, I miss mean tweets and cheap gas. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah me too, bud. Uh, I wasn't too thrilled about how he handled the COVID stuff. Um, no, me either. To be honest, I mean that that was pretty rough. Spent we spent a couple trillion on that too, and got yeah, a lot of money. But that's the thing, man. It's like <sighs> we're not supposed to be we're not supposed to have an aristocracy in this country that we set it up to not have that. So mm-hmm. but we still fall into this trap of hero worship all the time. I don't know why people think some fucking politician <laughs> is gonna come save them. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I totally agree. And and uh somebody told me, not somebody, somebody I very much respect, my older brother, John, he said, um, you need to stop falling in love with the person and fall in love with the office you need to represent the oval you need to know what's best what you think is best for the oval and stop thinking about who's controlling it Mm. what is best for that and then take the um character trump biden whoever bush whatever character it is remove them from it boil it down to policies and say which one of these policies out of this group of policies best fits the oval office of the united states of america that's the highest office. Mm-hmm. So when we look at this, let's just keep in keep in uh, the back of our minds that America is the light, right? We, we're the city on the hill. We are what is going to be the tone for the rest of the world of what is right and what is honorable. 
And so we need to make sure what we put in that oval is something that we align with mm -hmm. on a real level. Because when it's not, this is what happens. When you put a weakling in there and he's leveraged, bad times are coming. And we did that. Um, well, maybe we and did. That, and that, or maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, who knows about that, but yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, uh, the one thing you can't be in that position is weak. That's what Jimmy Carter learned as well. He was a nice guy, but he was fucking weak. Uh, mm. Rand kidnapped a bunch of our students and he just kind of like soft negotiated with them. We should have started cutting people's heads off. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. and that's why I never won reelection in 1980. That's why he lost to Reagan. Yeah. Um, but from, from Trump's perspective, I, again, I wasn't, the, the COVID stuff he did was fucking stupid. Every, pretty much everything he did in handling that was dumb. And now he's kind of trying. I don't know why he won't admit it, to be honest. I think a lot of people would really appreciate it if he said, you know what, I fucked up, but I'm not going to let mm -hmm. that shit happen to you again. And I think people would believe him when he said that too. But as far as execution everywhere else, there's three main things that he did that make him stand out, in my opinion. One is energy independence, right? Not having to mm -hmm, rely on mm -hmm. OPEC for our fucking fuel and shit. Um, two is the the trade war with China that he started, tariffs and stuff like that, that really, those two things specifically boosted our economy. And the third thing was deploying Jared Kushner to the Middle East with these Abraham Accords to, to fucking, he, they signed peace deals between Israel and Bahrain, UAE, Qatar, um, and Saudi Arabia is up next, right? All the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kuwait as well, and then Saudi Arabia is up next, the five richest countries in the Middle East, right? Which is the, the, to, to bring them into Huge. modernity. It's, it's probably the most important foreign policy achievement that's happened in our lifetime, right? Um, and it would have, if he had stayed in office, we, this whole Palestine thing wouldn't have happened probably, right? I mean, yeah, yeah that's what you wonder, right? Yeah. And, and the Ukraine thing wouldn't have happened probably, right? Um, I yeah. mean, think, of, think about all the way back when we killed, when we killed uh, Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Osama bin Laden, even further back. And you find in his papers emails and his transmissions to like uh um baghdadi and his other generals he's literally back then when obama's number one telling them not to engage the number two's envoys and convoys when he comes in to engage number one and engage number three and when his generals wrote back and said you know sir why would why would we not engage that he said because that man is not ready for the post in which he will assume that man is not ready to stand in the number one office. And when you kill number one, number two moves up. He literally you know, sent those correspondence to all of his generals across the region. And it just makes me wonder, all the way back then, how did they know he was weak? How did they know he was, was he leveraged then? And it makes me wonder that. Like, well, the stuff with Barisma goes back to 2013-14, right? Between Hunter, Joe, and fucking uh, uh, Joe's older brother, that shit with Burisma goes all the way back to 2013 and 14, I believe. So they would have known. Well, this is that was 2011 when UBL. Yeah, got that's killed, what I'm saying. It's before that. Yeah, hard to say, man. I mean, he's been in yeah. public service for 50 years almost. At that point, 40 yeah. years. So yeah, I'm sure they knew he was compromised. I mean, he he's a fucking idiot too, but he at least could speak intelligently back there. Or back, or yeah, yeah, not not, not intelligently intelligibly sorry Intel I, yeah, I can, can understand, understand the words not the meaning um but yeah that's a good question i don't know i never really thought about that um yeah it's weird yeah. uh 
But now we are here, right? We're here. There's nothing to be done. Like, we can bitch and moan. There's a lot of people who are like, <sighs> lately have been talking about history um, and the super fucked up way in which Israel became a country. And it was fucked up. I mean, the Brits and French promised all the Arab countries, if you fight with us to defeat the Ottoman Empire during World War One, then we will give you Palestine and you guys will all be free. Like, we'll give you mm-hmm. your kingdoms. You can do whatever you want. King Abdullah of Jordan, his dad was one of them, right? Um, it's like you – and Jordan, it worked. Bahrain, it worked. Saudi Arabia took over the kingdom of Saud. Um, but for some reason, in 48, we decided to fuck Palestine over. Jordan, really, but Palestine over. It's like, all right, cool, man. Well, I wasn't alive then, right? Like, you guys are fucking super pissed off. I get it. Um, and you, you, you as the – the Western commentator, you see that information. You're like, well, I mean, they got kind of a case. It's like, yeah, well, how bad do you have to get fucked over a hundred years ago to go slaughter a bunch of women and kids? Right. Like you've, uh, there's obviously been a line crossed here and you got to go right. There's people that have a legitimate complaint and you, you should fucking try to work towards fixing that issue. If you're, you know, a, a member of that fucking particular community. But once you take that next step, to start victimizing innocent people like that, then I don't give a fuck what your complaint is. You're going to die. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're doing it to allies of the United States, you're going to. Um, you know, and it even goes, depending on how religious or, you know, biblically read in people are, this goes back to Abraham. It goes back to um, the Bible where he was supposed to have a, you know, a, a boy given to him to, carry on the lineage uh, ended up being Isaac but before Isaac came um, Sarah told Hagar to come and move in the house which was like a serv- hand handmaiden she comes in right and, uh, and then she starts telling Abraham to fulfill the prophecy you're going to have to lay with Hagar um, then Ishmael comes now you got Ishmael and Hagar which become the state of Islam after God cast them back out into the desert and then you have Isaac and Abraham um, that you know that are the other side um christian side let's Mm -hmm. say what it becomes and so that's what you have you have these two people and one goes out and wanders the desert saying we were the firstborn and the prophecy says the firstborn of abraham will inherit the land of honey and uh milk and honey which was supposed to be israel uh, the, the promised land. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Christians saying, no, God spoke to Abraham and cast them out, even though that was the first son and it's Isaac. So that is what we look at. And that is from the beginning of time, what this tribe has fought and killed yeah, thousands yeah. of people in this tribe. So it's very like, it's interesting to me that we're so far. And I don't want to say ahead of religion. If you're religious, that would be a slap in the face, but we're so far removed from those days and, Ad, advanced this far and we're still killing thousands of people for those same purposes yeah because abraham Very was strange. kind of a dick to be honest like one dude yeah. three thousand years ago was kind of a dick and kicked his fucking his uh his concubine and her fucking kid out and now we're still adjudicating that situation three thousand years later it seems kind of dumb to be honest i mean it's either dumb or Religious prophecy has something to do with it. Well, I mean, it depends on where you sit. Religious, it's it's self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because if people believe it, then yeah. they're going to fucking make that shit happen. Like this new Speaker of the House um, 
a lot of Republicans, especially conservative Republicans, were kind of they, they were happy to have him instead of McCarthy. But he's talking about how we have to do everything, including up and up to boots on the ground in Israel, because we're we're a Christian nation and we have like what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You're the I don't know about that. You're the speaker of the House of the United States of America, not the speaker of the House of the Church. I, I would say I, this though, I would say this. Um, if I was president of the United States and you captured American citizens mm. in, in a, in a kill fest, it'd be very hard for me not to come get you where you sleep. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, well, so that's, that's the one, that's the one part where I'm kind of confused because I know we've got tier one operators in the area right now. Um, to well, do- we're not going to announce if they're in there doing something, right? They might've been in there the last two weeks, uh, you know? possibly but we've been waiting on egypt as well and egypt Mm -hmm. has been dicks about stuff uh for for some i have no idea what the fuck their fucking problem is i mean they're it's i think that everybody around there we're trying to say take these refugees into your country and they're all saying um no oh yeah egypt actually i wonder why egypt took 15 of them yesterday and that was a that was a headline like 15 that's awesome are you kidding me dude you share a border with them what are you talking about well, what about like they're worried about terrorists coming into their country and Hamas infiltrating their country with refugees? They have before, actually. That's why Egypt kicked them out in the first place. Same thing with Kuwait, well, same like- thing with Qatar, <laughs> same thing with UAE. They all kicked them out. Um, right. So it's no wonder they don't want to let refugees in. They've been down this road. Yeah. So then what are you left with? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a that's the – like there, there are certain points where I'll have a hard stance. Like – Dropping bombs instead of sending in troops to me is a bitch move. I don't, I don't buy that. Like, because mm. I've, I've been in fucked up situations like that before. We used to drive into Sadr City every day. You know what I mean? That's a bad place. So, some stuff mm-hmm. is dangerous. That's how a fucking war goes. And a warrior puts his own life behind everybody else, like your teammate, your fucking country, obviously. Uh, but the thing that makes us different, in my opinion, is that we put the lives of even the enemies weak ahead of our own right what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls head to hero.co to shop today yeah, and that's not what Israel's doing right now because they're fucking pissed off, and I think they're going to regret it at some point. Maybe they won't. Maybe they, they, maybe, they, no, maybe they, they don't see Palestine as people, Palestinians rather as people. They're just like fucking terrorists to them. Maybe I don't know because we, be. we felt like that after nine eleven. A lot of us did, you know, until we got a little older and wiser. But I think I would just say that if if I would say if you're America, I it's hard for me to say that we could second guess or like you said try to usher them and tell them what to do because on on 9 12 you weren't telling us shit no. about where we were going what we were doing and yeah how but it we would have been nice if somebody it. had wouldn't it it would have been nice Fuck if, yeah. if the, it would have been nice even inside Maybe. of america if the adults in the room would be like hey let's slow down a little bit let's yeah. slow down let's let's think about what we're doing here because we're making laws like the patriot act that have nothing Horrible. to do with any of this shit that are going to exist forever we're going to fucking do a lot of stuff are we actually targeting the right people what's the mission creep going to look like 
And what's I think the, they're what's still the, able what's to the blowback going to look like as well. I think is a big problem because Israel, in my opinion, Israel right now the way they're behaving, they're not taking blowback into consideration. And look, it's your right. No. It's your right to get revenge and defend yourself and shit. I just want somebody to fucking pump the brakes a little bit. Like, hey, let's. And maybe maybe that's what the United States is trying to get them to do. I know everybody's mm-hmm. hating on Joe Biden, the entire administration, for trying to get them to pump the brakes a little bit. It's I like, think mm-hmm. I think the U.S. admin so far has handled it pretty well, actually. Like yeah. surprisingly well, considering how incompetent he's been about everything else. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think at least, you know, you don't want to tiptoe into World War Three. Mm. Um, and that very well with these. And I hate to say that because everybody always wants to like fear monger and shit. Mm. But I've been to war and I don't want war. I don't I don't want world war. But when you have a bunch of communists and 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 Axis or you know, Axis allies aligning and going and meeting and seeing and then making big statements to the United States. And this is just in the Middle East. It's everywhere. Mm. Russia, China, South America now over with China talking, doing their thing. When you start to see that and then you see Israel, United States, most of the westernized countries aligning up. And then you have the um, Supreme Allied Commander, four-star general, three or four-star general at the United States Marine Corps, you know, like call people to the war table for the for the alliance. It's like that's not me trying to scare anybody. It's like I'm just telling you what I'm seeing, and we don't want to be on the bad side of that or on the wrong side of that. Yeah, and yeah. Israel doesn't either. No, I don't think but, so. I, I do. They might be you. I, Like if we, so we. That that's one. Um, I had a I had a conversation with a friend of mine about how I don't think the U.S. should be involved in this, and she said. Mm-hmm. What about the, the hostages? I'm like, well, that's a different story, right? We had like that's what SEAL Team Six Devgru, that's what Delta, whatever you want to call them, that's what they specialize mm-hmm. in, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we have we have a unit, we have two unit, two tier one units that are specifically designed to do exactly that thing, right? So yeah, I think we should be fucking doing that for sure. Why not? Why why are we? I mean, and and in the most brutal and savage way possible. Frankly, it's one thing to drop yeah. bombs on a place because you think uh, a Hamas commander's there and you don't really care about the fallout that much because you think it's worth it. It's another thing entirely to get in my fucking way when I'm going to physically go get my people. If you get in my way, you're fucking dead. I don't care who you are, right? So, and you rate that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nobody's going to argue about that. Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty clear. So <clears throat> maybe we're doing that and we just don't know about it. I hope so. It would be really, as much as we've embarrassed ourselves on the national stage from a leadership standpoint militarily over the last fucking two or three years that would be the worst is to leave your people hanging like that so hopefully that's not going on it'd be terrible yeah and and, you know part of me says are they alive still and i said that in the beginning like Mm. they're not keeping these people and then hostages start getting released and they start working deals through cutter and different places and i'm like okay somebody's working deals and i don't care who it is you know i've gotten to a point where i I wake up every single day and I, i say a prayer uh, for the leadership of this country and other countries, because whether you like Joe Biden or not, Joe Biden is who the fuck we have. Yeah. And that means we need to hope every single day that he makes wise, good decisions and that the people around him guide him in the right place. It seems cliche, but we're only one generation from not existing anymore. Mm. People don't want to think that because of how powerful the United States is like too big to too big to fail. Right. No, not really. The empires have failed over and over and over. They they have a shelf life. They come and they go. And so history would teach us that, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're the Roman Empire. It will fall. It will fall to the ground if you 
if you don't, um, you know, foster it, you don't foster and, and take care of and protect the things that you stand for. Mm -hmm. Um, we need that bad. Yeah, we definitely do. We need leadership badly. Um, and you know, a lot of it comes from just people with experience putting their fucking message out. You know, we're not, we're not all right all the time. We fucking get tuned up a little bit and say some fucked up shit sometimes. And we definitely have a different perspective than other people because we've done violence on a, on a pretty regular basis, you know, for a mm. large period of our lives. But, <clears throat> you know, I think having the voices out there, um, having conversations and, and you know, trying to fucking f figure out solutions to this stuff is important. You've got a show uh, called Choices Not Chances. What's that about? Uh, same kind of thing, man. Um, a catalyst was the book. I wrote the book, um, and a lot of people started hitting me up, thanking me for putting into the words. And it was, I didn't write it for anybody else. I wrote it for me, my squad, and, and my family, like to know one day what it was like, or at least have that. Um, and so the the um, the support and the um, the outreach that I got, not from my guys, uh, you know. They were like, yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's dope. Glad we got this. But I started getting outreach from people, from family members, from people who their kids didn't talk about it at all when they came home, but they were noticeably different. Um, and I just thought, you know, for every one story that a Jocko Willink or, or a Jack Carr or, a, uh, you know, or a, um, Andy Stump, for every one story that these guys tell, there's a thousand other dudes that did the exact same line of things and should be and the more of those we put out the more that the upcoming generation of war fighters can digest that information and then they go into their careers with more essay let's say than somebody who obviously didn't have that experience mm -hmm. either virtually or through a through a story or through a recording or through something and for me it was like i went to college for homeland security i wanted to do the whole dhs and federal government uh thing so had that GI bill and, and uh, went for Homeland Security and graduated cum laude, did not want to go into homeless, Homeland Security anymore, did not want to work for the federal government anymore. And while I was getting that degree, I was watching Jocko and Joe Rogan primarily, a little bit of Jordan Peterson. And from those three programs, I learned 10x the amount of uh, knowledge that I took in for the one degree program in a couple of years that it took me. So if I did the same thing, I spent the same amount of time watching these podcasts or these experts coming on and these guys and these heroes coming on. And I learned far more than what the university could teach me. The university gave me a little piece of paper. Um, and so that's just where it started for me. It was like, okay, this, this is the way people are uh, tuning into people that they, they built rapport and trust with mm -hmm. over their shows for historical, um, patterns of being right at least to, as they see the world and i want to be in front of, i want to i want to get in the front of that because uh like joe rogan has more followers and more um people watching and digesting his information than fox news cnn and abc nbc all those combined and so that's where i go that's what i trust and i just wanted to try to be a channel that i could show these guys i could show these giants both that i served with and that i've been put in contact with um, I can promote them, promote their books, promote their businesses. Um, and for me, it, it, it fills a, um, it fills my, my purpose tank, man. When I got retired, all I ever wanted to do was be a gunner 
in, in the Marine infantry. Uh, 11 years, I took some 82 millimeter mortars in Marja uh, that blew my eardrums out and I'm trying to figure things out. I'm having like this anxiety I never had before. And they ended up retiring me. I had a, you know, pretty significant brain injury. And, uh, and I fought them the whole way. No, I can still lead a squad. Don't do this to me. Uh, only to get retired and shortly afterwards start having these seizures and stuff from, from brain injury. And so it was my way to say, you know, I'm not done. There's still more I can give back. And so I need to go to school and learn how to write. I need to go to school and learn how to express, you know, speech writing, things of that nature. And then I'll get back and I'll start bringing this information to the community where the community's at. And I've, I've done that. I, I enjoy my show and I enjoy the purpose that I get from it. Um, still working on growing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Smaller, smaller in show right now. Um, but we have a lot of guys. We have a lot of hitters, a lot of great information. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's helping. I think it's helping at least, the, at least our community. Yeah, I mean, every little bit helps. If you think about the uh, – if you think about, you know, lifting the weight we all lifted together and uh you know every time somebody takes a hand off the weight it gets a little heavier for everybody else so it's Mm. you know that's that's kind of the fucking the secret of life in my opinion it's like the individual has to be strong before the group can be it's the same as Mm. like you've got to be mentally healthy and happy before you can be happy with another person typically is true sure um and it's true of yourself like you got to be you have to take care of yourself and, and, you know, I think it's taken a bad turn in, in modern society because all of this self-care stuff is just turned into narcissism. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. the, the reason that you get stronger and take care of yourself isn't for you. It's for everybody else, you stupid fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how yeah. that became such a hard thing to understand for people, but it certainly did. Uh, and mm. now we the, the pendulum has swung way too far in that direction. And now, you know, less and less people are getting taken care of. Um and as a result, the people who are taking care of themselves are now becoming fucking miserable and depressed because they're, yeah. they're not serving any real purpose. Everything is good in their life, but they still hate their life. So that's that's a really fucked up place to be, to be honest. It is. Um, it is. I think I think a lot of America is there. I think a lot of America is sitting in a dead end job that was supposed to be a stepping stone to their to their dreams and to their aspirations and to where they seen themselves and their full potential. Mm. And they got caught up in the system, baby. Number one, baby. Number two. Now you're, you're suckling at the power teat of money and you're scared to death to leave it, to go pursue your dreams. And I think 80% of people are there and they've never had real, real problems. Mm-hmm. Sure. People have lost family members. We're all going to do that, but they haven't had a famine. They haven't had a world war that affected them at home. They haven't had these things. And so it puts us in the, you know, almost the asshole end of strong men create easy times. Mm-hmm. Right? Easy times, weak men, weak men are going to create hard times. And I have a feeling that we've reached that next uh, that next transition. Um, hard times are going to have to create strong men again. I just don't want to be behind the power curve. And if there's anything that my experiences, my friends' experiences can bring to the table to help that strongman generation get back up, that's what I want to do. Yeah, I agree. I, that's why I like st- the stuff that Tim Kennedy does, the stuff that Mike Glover does about building communities around resilience and, and being able to fucking, you know, be able to sustain a community is so important. Like the, the, the government, for some reason, looks at us 
like we're fucking they, they've actually listed Mike Glover's organization as a domestic terrorist organization or some shit. It's like what mm. the f- they don't even talk about guns. They it's it's about camping and shit. Like how to survive if the energy grid goes down. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we are building an army. There's no question about that. But it's not a conventional army designed to fucking stand online or split up into platoons and go fuck shit up. It's just like to protect the communities that we're in because we know that you fucking dummies can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's that's yeah. all that's happening here. Uh, and yeah, we've. You, you can tell what you need to know about our government by the fact that they're trying to stop us from doing that because they want us to be reliant on them. Because if we mm-hmm. don't, if, if the government shows up somewhere and, and there aren't hands reaching out for, for handouts, they don't have any power there. That's their fucking yep. power, right? Um, yeah. So that's what you can do as a person, you know, and you can share your stories, you can share your experience. You, it is incumbent upon you. Yeah. Take care of yourself and make sure you're ready, but get the people around you ready as well. Cause you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, I agree. Mother Teresa said one time, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mm. Start at your family. Go to your community. If you want to get into politics, it's you don't need to get into national politics. It's not the right place to start. The right mm. place to start is your school board. Who's affecting your young minds and your kids coming up in public school? Start there and work your way up. And I had to figure that out by myself. You know, I had to figure that out on my own. I never participated in a presidential election or any le- election until after I retired from the Marine Corps, which was a mistake. Um, I don't know if I seen it as a conflict of interest or if I just didn't want wrapped up in the drama or if it just really didn't matter to me because of the op tempo. Uh, but if you're but if you're an active duty service member, do not do what I did. Research your your community and research the national politics and have some sort of level of awareness going into the ballot. Uh, too many people just do this fly by the seat of your pants and straight ticket voting. We don't need straight ticket. Yes, we probably need a little bit of left in areas. And yes, we probably need a little bit of right in areas, but probably it's right in that middle zone where we really need to be as a country. Mm. Um, but if nobody's doing their due diligence and they're just going off of whatever hyperbole and mis and disinformation comes across the, the ether waves, then you're doing yourself and us as, as citizens of this country a disservice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree hundred yeah. percent. Well, look, uh, thanks for coming today. We got to get out of here, but tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, man. Choices, not chances podcast on all the social uh, medias. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple podcast. Um, and then you can find the book lines of Marja at, uh, uh, on Amazon, or you can hit me up on any of the DMS for that. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming today, man. I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, me too. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. And, uh, thank you all for listening. This has been citizen. special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co